Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship, ship, 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 ship. Um, so happy to be back. Hey, last week we talked about explode your marriage or really what we talked about was how to become soulmates. That was really what that was about. And you might recall there are five levels to relationship that we identified in that episode. They are the conflict level, which is super critical and I'm going to win and you're going to lose the coping level, which is there is conflict, but we're going to, we're going to get through it. Maybe we're going to avoid conflict or just have conflict once in a while. There's the cooperation level. All right. We figured out how to make things work. It's not maybe as joyful as it could be. Then there's cooperation. Oh, this is starting to feel, there's a little lubrication here, maybe even a little intimacy. We're cooperating. Then there's the synergy level. It's like, oh yeah, this is juicy. We figured out how to live our lives as individuals and as a couple. And then there's the soulmate stage, which we emphasized in the last episode is something we create. It's not determined by some outside force of nature. We create it. We choose, we are causal. And what we identified as the impediment, what tends to keep us in conflict and in coping, let's face it, is really our own negativity. Yeah, the other person's got some stuff going on. Like I'm not saying that they don't have stuff going on, but what keeps us locked down because we are causal is our own stuff. And today, let's talk about what is that stuff? What, where is it that we are coming from? And to lay out the framework for this, let's remember that in life, there are three phases. There is be, how are we being? There is do, what are we doing? And there is have, what are we getting? Right. Or if I were going to break this down into plain English, there are three phases. One is starting, which is being. The next is transforming, which is doing. And the last is ending, which is having. At the end, we have. Right. This maybe however you need to cut that up. And what we tend to forget. When our relationship feels or seems upside down is that how we are being determines what we do and what we do determine, determines what we have. So if we're having conflict, it's because we are being in such a way that what we do creates conflict. If we are having Coping, there's something about how we are being that is creating action towards coping. And if we're having soulmates, it's because there's some way that we're being energy, excitement, creativity, love that's allowing us to do the things that creates the experience of soulmates. Yeah, right? We choose. And when we're playing with other people, we get to see how they're being and what they're doing and what they're having. And when we're playing with other people, we get to see 
how shifting the way we are, how shifting what we do changes, impacts them. And that's when we decide. That's where the rubber hits the road in a relationship. All right. So we're gonna, today we're all about negative emotion. No, no, no. Negative. Today we're all about what keeps us locked in conflict or coping or what's keeping us from accomplishing synergy and soulmate. Like maybe we have something good, but it's something that we're still not quite hitting that high that we want in our relationship. We're still reaching for it. What's in the way? And, you know, sometimes we can be like idiot savants about relationship. I am an idiot savant when it comes to relationship. Idiot savant is someone who doesn't know why they're succeeding. They're not actually idiots, we hope. So, you know, my case, it might be true. I'm not going to say it's true in yours. They, we're just good at something and we don't know why, right? That's like the, by definition, idiot savant. Uh, and so we want to understand what are the things that are keeping us from moving up to the next level, right? And at its core is this concept that if I want to change my circumstances, I can't accept them. It's got to be unacceptable. And sometimes what that translates into is this sucks and you are freaking unacceptable. That's how that shows up. And not only are you unacceptable, but I know what your problem is. And not only do I know what your problem is, but if you listen to me, you're gonna get better. In fact, not only do I know what your problem is, if you listen to me, I'm gonna buy you a Mercedes Benz. But if you don't listen to me, I'm going to verbally kick your ass up and down this house. I'm going to be emotionally explosive. I'm going to blame you for everything. I'm going to embarrass you in front of our friends. I'm going to embarrass you in front of the children. You pick it, right? But what that, that mindset that I'm describing is one of control. At the root of what keeps us from really exploding in our relationships is when we become controlling. When we think you're the problem, I can fix it. That's what puts a that's where the ceiling in our relationships comes from. Now you're probably thinking right now, well, I am not controlling. I'm not like that. I'm not saying you are controlling. But I am saying that we all have in us a tendency to want to deflect responsibility. We all have in us a desire to have someone else fix it. We all have in us a tendency to say, I'm clean, you're dirty. We all have that in us. When you watch the news and hear about some terrible thing that happened, where do you go with it? Do you go to, oh, I could see how, I could see how somebody might, I could see how a police officer might beat someone to death. 
I don't think it's good, but I can see how that happens. Emotionally, I can see how that happens. I can see how you could create a mindset where you think another human being is so awful and so dangerous that I, I would need to control them by beating them to death. I could see emotionally how I might get so angry. I could see that. Or are you saying, those dirty cops, I would never do that, right? So part of this is about getting that there is nothing that another human being can or cannot do that you can or cannot do. Like you have the capacity. That's number one, right? And so I took, picked this sort of extreme example from the news because sometimes we take that attitude with our partners. Like I would never leave the cap off the toothpaste. What well, kind of effed up person leaves the cap off the toothpaste? Or I always put the seat up for him. Why can't he put it down for me? What kind of twisted, demented SOB is he? Or here, here's here, give you some of my, my most recent um, slipping into the control realm. It's basically, by the way, the basis of control is criticism of other. Why can't she cover up the meat? She puts it in the fridge without covering it up. Doesn't she know that it gets refrigerator burned and it tastes bad? Even if that meat's for the dog, God, you got to cover up the meat. Or why, why can't she fold the laundry after she washes it? I fold the laundry. Why can't she? Right? That's the beginning. Those kinds of questions. That's the slippery slope down into she sucks. I'm great. That's the slippery slope into I feel good about me at the expense of you, right? And this is the basis for control, right? The next step from I'm good and you are bad is since I know better, let me tell you how to live. And that's where we start becoming critical. We start becoming punishing. We start rewarding people for doing good stuff. That doesn't sound so bad, right? We should all be rewarded. There's a difference between acknowledging someone and reward, like bribing someone. Let's think of reward as bribery, bribing someone. Um, and so uh, I get a lot of couples, for example, where they come in and uh, they're, I'm working with them individually. And one of them saying, well, you know, I don't like the way she treats me, but I'm very dependent on her. If I leave her, uh, I'm going to need to get my job back and figure out how to support myself, right? And that's because the mindset there has become I'm dependent on her and I need what she's giving me. And so I'm going to take some crap because I need her, right? That's, that's a form of, uh, there's a control dynamic. There's a power dynamic there. And all relationships have power dynamics in them, but how is that power dynamic playing out? How is it being called out? How is it being recognized? All right, so you get the frame here. Like control isn't necessarily about um, my Machiavellian plan, my plan, big picture, 20 year plan to alter that and change that person. It's about everyday behavior. It's about being critical. Let's, let's talk about the seven Deadly habits of control, all right? So what are some of the symptoms of control if you're trying to change the other person? One of them is criticism. When you're constantly critical of the other person, criticism can show up in so many ways. You know, um, I have a client who has a partner who's very sensitive about criticism, so much so that he can compliment her 
and she hears it as criticism. And so what it's done is it's made him really look at how critical is he? And he's noticed that there are times when he can be complimenting and it's coming from a critical place, right? She's super sensitive about it because she, she has a very critical internal voice. So he's noticed that there can be times when you say, he can say, uh, hey, good job cleaning up the, the living room. And in the, it, it's in the context of having said two weeks earlier, you never freaking clean the living room. And so she says, yeah, yeah, I clean the living room. Thank you. Right? She doesn't receive it very well because she sees it as a critical reward. It's not actually, it's a different kind of criticism. It's very subtle, right? And then there's blatant criticism. Why do you leave the cap off the toothpaste, the toilet seat up? Uh, why do you not cover the meat? Um, when are you gonna walk the dog? You know, boy, it would be really, really nice if you made more money, you know, the way you talk to the kids, I really wish you were nicer to them. Man, like this is just blatant criticism. Right. So what's the problem with criticism? We're all supposed to be ready for constructive criticism, right? Like real partners uh, help each other to become better through criticizing is something we're taught culturally. Oh, yeah. Constructive criticism. Really good. What is the difference between constructive and destructive criticism? Constructive criticism, I would argue, has been invited. You have a relationship with the other person where, where you're helping one another to grow. And so you're asking for their feedback. You ask them to help you, to ask them to give you feedback slash criticism. Uh, destructive criticism is uninvited. And as we pointed out earlier, criticism can masquerade in all kinds of different faces. All right, the next is the one I talk about a lot here on Rich and Relationship. It's blame. Blame is kind of cool, actually. It's a blend of victim and anger. So it goes like this. I feel so crappy and it's all your fault. Right? It starts out with, there's something awful going on and you're doing it to me. Right? It's, it's, uh, and now what's cool about blame is energetically, it helps us to get out of being a victim, out of being a victim. But the problem is it lays all the responsibility at the other person's doorstep. The problem is it's personally disempowering to blame somebody else. So you may think blame is really important because how are they gonna change if I don't let them know what they're doing wrong? Well, number one, they're not gonna change if you blame them. They're gonna feel attacked. They're gonna feel threatened. And number two, if they wanna change, they will. And number three, very often the problem doesn't lie just with them. The problem with blame is that when we're saying my life sucks and it's your fault, we are giving away our ability to influence our own lives. What we're saying is my life could be great if you would just make it that way. That's the inverse of my life sucks and it's all your fault. The inverse is my life would be wonderful if you would just make it like that. We're asking them, we're basically saying that they're our mommy or our daddy when we do that. Well, it's time to grow up kids, right? If we're gonna have happy relationships, we gotta let go of blame, mic drop. All right, next close cousin to criticism and blame is complaining. So complaining is where we can be blaming and critical all at the same time. We all know what complaining sounds like. Oh God, if only da, 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 da. And you know what? Complaining can be very subtle. It can be kind of like this. If only we lived in a house that was clean. If only somebody 
could help me with these kids. Complaining can be, you know, if only is a, is a subtle way of blaming. Complaining could be, I am so tired of living in this house. If only we could afford a better one. Complaining shows up in so many ways. All right, now the next one and very closely related to complaining, complaining kind of leads into it is nagging. So nagging is where the, you, you have the thing that you're unhappy about. Maybe you've been complaining about it and now you're, you're gonna get them to do something about it. Hey, I asked you to cover the meat in the fridge. Do you think you could do that next time? Good, thanks. Oh, you know what? You didn't cover the meat. I asked you to cover it. Oh, you know what? I asked you to put the seat down. Would you just please put the seat down? <laughs> you know what? You know what, Sonia? Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. The other day I went to go sit on the toilet. My butt went right in the water. You know why? He doesn't put the seat down. Right? These are all ways to nag directly and indirectly. And nagging means persistent it's really persistent complaining at the other person. It might be directional. It's got some criticism in it. It's got some, some blame wrapped up in it. Next is threatening. Threatening is where we're saying, if you don't put the seat down, I'm gonna put a cap in your ass, you bastard, right? That'd be kind of cool, right? And then the next day, splash, she goes and she gets her gun and just shoots it. Right? I would have taught him a lesson. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's kind of not, right? Because that's actually how that happens. Right? What happens is people make threats and then they feel they have to back them up. And so we need to be very careful when we're saying, if you don't, I'm going to get a divorce. That's it. I'm going to get a divorce. That's it. I'm going to leave you. That's it. I'm going to do this. Eventually that turns into action. So we got to be really careful with that. But also threatening makes the other person, you know, the, the more we ramp these things up, the more intense they become. And finally, we've got on the other end of the spectrum, we've got bribes. Uh, and bribes can show up in a couple of ways where bribes, rewards slash bribes. So um Let's go with withholding rewards first. You know, I know that you want something from me and unless you do what I want, I'm not gonna let you have, right? People do that with sex a lot. Uh, I hear people saying, yeah, we used to have sex all the time. And then since we started having disagreements, he just won't have sex with me. And I, I don't understand why that people withhold sexually. Or then, uh, Oh, you know, we had sex the other day. I don't know what changed. What changed was you did something he wanted. So he had sex with you, right? Or it might be she had sex with you, depending on your relationship. And then that's a withholding is one side of it. And then the other side, the seventh part is the actual bribe. Um, that's, it goes back to that situation. I, the example I gave you, you know, uh, I'm in this relationship and she's very abusive to me, but I'm dependent on her. And I don't know how to go back to work. You know, the, my, the reward for the abuse is being financially supported and in a, in a way to which you become accustomed or a bribe might be a sex could be a bribe or making their favorite dish might be a bribe or giving them a diamond ring might be a bribe or buying them a special car might be a bribe. Right. These are all deadly habits. And these deadly habits are the pages in the control 
handbook, which is based on punishment and reward. And like I said, the, at the root of this is the problem is the other person, I'm gonna change them. So the first step to breaking through the relationship ceiling you're in, whether you're in conflict, coping, cooperation, or synergy, is to own where am I trying to control the other person? But really at the root of that is where have I given away my personal power? And when I own my personal power, how will I change how I'm being? If I'm not controlling, what am I? Am I giving? Am I generous? Am I kind? Am I supportive? And how will that change my doing? Will my doing mean that I'm building empathy and building connection with the other person and letting them know that they have my unconditional love? And if they have my unconditional love, what will we have? What will the shift be in them? If they know they're unconditionally loved, how will they react? How long do they need to be unconditionally loved before they'll believe it's real? And if you've been stuck in conflict for a long time, you may have to prove your unconditional love for quite a while. You may have to trudge the happy road of being generous, loving, kind, and giving for some time before they believe it's not another form of control. Hey, um, if you are finding this fits for you, we are developing, we actually have developed a whole program for, it's called saving your relationship. It's not called saving your marriage. It's called saving your relationship because you're going to, when you save the relationship, you'll probably save the marriage. Let's be honest. Um, and if you can't save the marriage, you'll at least be the best parents and partners that you can be. And it'll be so much better than it is now. Reach out to rich at richinrelationship.com. Follow, like, love, connect. And thank you so much. Yeah.